What's up, sports people? Jamoke Davis here for Just for Sport for Monday. It's going to be exciting. We got a lot to talk about. First thing that comes to mind uh, for me, top of mind, is that the NFL draft is on Thursday. And it's interesting to see all of the uh, back and forth on television, listen to the radio of who's going to take what pick where, as I mentioned on Thursday's show about that there's potential to be five of the first seven picks will be quarterbacks. That it's a very offensive, heavy draft as well. Is it a really a very offensive, heavy draft? But it's crazy to think as, as, as you know, we've been doing just for sport. How many people are have turned this into one of the biggest spectacles in sports that's not a game? And it's not just what will my team do, but also there are all of these wild prop bets out there. How many offensive players will get drafted in the first round? Draft positions for specific players like a Justin Fields. Where will he go? So we'll get into some of that. And then, of course, you know, with every day, it's one less game, one day closer to the NBA playoffs. There are a lot of teams jostling for position in the Eastern Conference. You got the Knicks, Hawks, Heat, Celtics, Hornets, Pacers, and Wizards. In the West, you got the Mavericks, Trailblazers, Grizzlies, Spurs, and Warriors. Now, the crazy thing is to think everybody probably would like to see the New Orleans Pelicans with Zion Williamson in the playoffs. And it's sad, but I I just don't see it. I just really don't see it, unfortunately. And I will start there. Let's let's continue with this NBA trend and then we'll go with the NFL. I don't know about you. But in so many ways I, I saw the reports that, you know, uh, DeMarcus Cousins is going to stay with the Clippers for the rest of the season. He's averaged just under 10 points a game in 14 minutes with the Clippers. Not bad. That's not bad. Eight rebounds. The other day you saw the... Brooklyn Nets has some, you know, make some statements with with some big wins over Phoenix. Atlanta got a big win over Milwaukee. Washington continues to win. Charlotte beating Boston over the weekend. It's going to be quite interesting to see what happens in these last 10 to 12 games. 
The Brooklyn Nets sit atop the Eastern Conference. They are at plus 240 to win the NBA championship. But the 76ers, who are at plus 1,200, are just a game and a half back. Doesn't it seem like a lot? Plus 1,200 for the Sixers? What happened to the Sixers? They've fallen back. The Lakers in the Western Conference have floated back up near the top again. The Bucks are at plus 750, as I know I just jumped from Eastern Conference to Western Conference. But the Bucks are three and a half back of the Nets. And, you know, give or take whatever team it is, there's still 10 to 12 games left in the season. So there's a lot of time left to try to get that top spot. The Wizards have the 10th playoff spot. They have the second longest win streak in all of the NBA behind the New York Knicks. They won eight in a row, nine and one in their last 10 games. Still under 500 by one game at home and by five games on the road. Could they possibly catch the Heat, who have the seventh seed, or even more so the Celtics, who have the sixth seed? The Wizards are four and a half games back. They almost need to win out to even think that they're going to get a chance at that. So I doubt it. Could they catch the Pacers, who are two games ahead? Possibly. The Pacers, though, have won six in a row. The wild thing is, if you look at the Eastern Conference, the 7 through 10 seed are all sporting win streaks. Not by a lot. One for the Heat, two for Hornets, three for the Pacers, and then eight for the Wizards. And to actually make it to the playoffs, the Wizards are at plus 240, the Hornets at plus 115, the Pacers are at minus 113. So it's trending towards the Pacers being the team that the betters think are going to make it actually into the playoffs. Because this doesn't include the play-in tournament. This is actually make it to the playoffs. And then when we look at the West to reach the playoffs, the Pelicans are... Four and a half games back. I just don't see it. Especially with Golden State being at the the bottom, the 10th seed, with a 31 and 30 record. The Spurs are just ahead of them at 30 and 29. The Grizzlies are just ahead of them at 31 and 28. And the Trailblazers are in the seventh spot at 32 and 28. So a game and a half separates the seventh through tenth seed. And if you want to go even further to the 5th and 6th seed, which probably is less likely to happen. The Mavericks are three games up on the Warriors. And the Lakers are four and a half games up on the Warriors. So there's a lot of jostling in there between the 5th and 10th seed. That anything can happen. Anything can happen over the last dozen or so games of the season. The Lakers have lost three in a row. The Mavericks have won three in a row. 
The team that's really reeling is the Trailblazers, who've lost five in a row to fall out of that guaranteed spot. And in that West, to make to reach the playoff, the Grizzlies are at minus 125. Golden State's at minus 125. San Antonio Spurs are at plus 275. And the Trailblazers are at minus 278. Sorry, Pelicans. I just don't see it. They're just not going to get in. They're not going to get in. But, you know, you're trying to also look at who do you think is going to win the conference? It's going to be a great, great playoff season, I think. Even if you want to say, okay, maybe it's a little top-heavy. More so, to me, in the East than the West. As much as you look at Brooklyn, you're like, oh, well, they're stacked. They've got Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden. Do you know this entire season, those three top Hall of Fame players have only played together seven times? So they're holes. They've got some chemistry issues, and probably not a lot. If you probably, you know, I'm sure the players would say, hey, we're good. Joel Embiid is really leading that 76ers team. Holding them together with really not many superstars. Ben Simmons. But outside of that, I think you've got some... They have built a team with Doc Rivers in his first season as the head coach of the 76ers that players seem to know their role and are playing good in their role. Even a player like a Furkan Korkmaz. You know, you get Seth Curry in there. Dwight Howard, who was on the championship LA Lakers team last season. I mean, I know that there's talk of the coach of the year going to Tom Thibodeau and what he's done with the New York Knicks, who are seven games above 500 and in a fourth spot, which is amazing. I think they have the definitely the most improved player of the year in Julius Randle. I mean, that's going to happen. But also think what Doc Rivers has done has been exceptional. Not so much because, yeah, it's kind of what you expected from him because he is a Hall of Fame coach and a, and player. But I think in what happened with the Clippers last year and them not making it to the championship and winning it all and the Clippers and Rivers parting ways, you didn't know what you were going to get in Philly. And you've, you've got some consistency, even if though of late they're 5-5 five and five in their last 10. They lost four in a row. But there are some reasons for that. And I think in many ways, if you look at the 76ers playing without Ben Simmons, 
playing without Joel Embiid Saturday in Milwaukee and Tobias Harris. They are a formidable opponent. 20-4 and four with their full starting lineup. They are a league-best 22-8 and eight in games within five points in the last five minutes. Now, I don't know what that means at their championship material, but I find the 76ers to be at plus 1,200 to win the championship. You know, maybe that's worth a flyer. Maybe. But I think overall, just to say that, you know, what Doc Rivers has done in Philly has, they haven't gone down. There wasn't a learning curve that maybe you would say they're not the same team or not as good. And then in the East, you got the Milwaukee Bucks. What do you do with the Milwaukee Bucks? I mean, yes, they beat the Sixers, but the Sixers were playing without two of their best players. So I don't know if you can really pay attention to that. They still have two games against Brooklyn, but maybe they won't have to play against their top players. But I would still contend that uh, with a record of 37-23, they're 36-4 when they have a fourth quarter lead of five points or more. Their defense hasn't been great in the fourth quarter, and I just don't know. I think, you know, They go as Giannis goes, and Giannis is a formidable opponent. And then Brooklyn at the top, what are they going to do? Are they going to have James Harden back, or is he going to be out the rest of the regular season? Kevin Durant just came back from an injury, scored 33 points in 28 minutes. They're the favorite to win the championship, but I guess at the same time you wonder who's going to be out there to play. The Nets are 8-7 and seven without Harden. In the playoffs, I think that gets even harder for them. I think it gets even harder for them. But outside of those teams, the Knicks, Hawks, Celtics, Heat, Hornets, Pacers, and Wizards, which only two of those bottom four teams will make it to the actual playoffs, do they stand a chance against the Nets, Sixers, or Bucks? The Bucks are at plus 750. I don't know. I don't see it. I know I said I thought Toronto would get in there. They are now two games back of the Wizards along with the Bulls. I don't see the Wizards giving up that spot. They have suffered some injuries of late. And over this the course of this winning streak, the Wizards have the league's fourth-ranked defense. We'll see what happens. They've got home games against the Spurs, Lakers, and at Cleveland, at Dallas. I can see them going 2-2, two and two, maybe even 3-1, and one, winning the home games against the Spurs and the Lakers. But then beating Cleveland, maybe losing to Dallas. But Toronto is that team. I just don't know what happened. They've got a West Coast trip coming up. They play Cleveland and Brooklyn at home, and then they go at Denver, at Utah, and at the Lakers. That's tough. I think they're done. They have the head-to-head tiebreaker, 
with the Wizards, who were holding that 10 spot. But that schedule was too tough. I think it's time to pack it in for the Raptors. And out west, the Lakers, as I mentioned, they've lost three in a row. But they're a plus 350 just behind Brooklyn to win the championship. And they're the favorite still to beat a conference winner at plus 175 with the Clippers behind them at plus 260. A little love for the Jazz at plus 310, but no love for the Suns at plus 900. I think the key for the Suns has to be DeAndre Ayton. You know what you're going to get with Chris Paul. You know what you're going to get with Devin Booker. You need DeAndre Ayton to be that number three in the trio, so to speak, in order for them to make a difference. They've lost two games, two straight games for the first time since January. They play at New York, then the Clippers in Utah at home, and then at OKC. That's tough. I could see them going one and three. I could see them going one and three. And I know I've been talking about Chris Paul getting no love for MVP. I still feel that way. I still do. But it's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun coming down the stretch. Every game matters now. And it's funny because, you know, at the beginning of the season, whenever there would be a game that would be lost due to controversy, you know, a lot of times I know it'll be from a ref's missed call that I would kind of flip out about it. This is a time where it's like, see, if you had just, just got the call right, maybe you wouldn't have put a team in a position to possibly be on the outside looking in at the playoffs. Every game matters. Every game matters. Last one I would say, I like the Memphis Grizzlies. You want to pick a division winner, plus 600 Grizzlies over the Mavericks. Hmm, maybe? I could possibly see that happening. The Grizzlies are at 31 and 28. They're at Denver, then at home versus Portland in a home and away series against Orlando. I mean, man, last time they played Portland in Portland, man, John ja Morant was had the entire Trailblazers team on skates. He looked great. And they're just below the Dallas Mavericks. They are 31 and 28. The Mavericks are 33 and 26. And the Mavericks play at Sacramento, at Golden State, at Detroit, then versus Washington, and then versus Sacramento. I could see them going three and two just as easily as I can see them going two and three. Maybe even one and five. Say maybe they win that game at Detroit, but let's see what happens with Kristaps Porzingis. It's going to be the key, how fresh he stays. That's the key. All right, the other thing is the NFL draft is coming up on Thursday. And I don't know about you in terms of, but me, I find it intriguing that there are prop bets for the draft. I was checking a bunch of sites. You got 
the number of offensive players drafted in, in the first round under 18 and a half at plus 100. And I'd looked at some mock NFL drafts. I could see that happening. I think the first half of the draft will be offensive heavy. A lot of quarterbacks. But will I take that number? Boy. I don't know. I think... I think I'm going to go, I think I'm going to take the over. Take the over. 18 and a half. Justin Fields, where is he going to go? I feel like he is the one anomaly with this draft. Trevor Lawrence, we know, is going one. Zach Wilson, two. Will Justin Fields... Be picked number three by the 49ers? Is it him over Mac Jones? Is Justin Fields because they've seen Kyler Murray twice in San Fran, him with Arizona? They're like, ooh, we want a quarterback. We need that running quarterback. Let's switch it up from what we have with Garoppolo. Maybe, maybe. On BetMGM, I found Justin Fields, number three overall pick. You can get that at plus 260. Maybe the Mac Jones to the 49ers is a little bit of like smoke and mirrors. But the thing for me is not so much to say it's smoke and mirrors as maybe Kyle Shanahan wants to shake things up, do things differently. And in doing things differently, changing the way your offense is, if you go with a Mac Jones, maybe you have a quarterback that's more in the pocket, just like Garoppolo, who has injury issues, and you want to do something completely different. And so that's what you go with. I could see it. I could see that. As you know, I'm always looking for the chance to make the most amount of money. I almost don't look at anything that says minus. Minus 110, 112, 115, 135. No, I'm going for the long shot. I saw an interesting bet on here about what will the Lions do? Will they take a skill position? One mock draft had them taking an offensive lineman, Rashawn Slater. But losing Kenny Galladay, why not take a, why not? I think I, I could see that at plus 120 on Bet Rivers to take a wide receiver, maybe from Alabama, Jalen Waddle or Devonta Smith. They need... They need desperately to re replace Galladay. I mean, that was the only player on that team that I'd even take. And speaking of those wide receivers, which wide receiver from Alabama do you think is going first? Jalen Waddle or Devonta Smith? You take Jalen Waddle first, you can get that at plus 100. Although I think 
Devonta Smith. Oh, is it better to say that he is, I dare say he's a better wide receiver? Only time will tell. It's tough, you know, it's tough when you say that. I mean, you got to make a prediction, right? That's what you do is you make a prediction. I like Devonta Smith more than Waddle. I do. We shall see. Lastly, the thing I am most excited about with the draft is to seeing how many quarterbacks were taken. As I mentioned, that there might be five quarterbacks taken, not just in the first round, but you could potentially see five quarterbacks taken in the first seven picks. But we don't have to go that far. I'm going to take the over at five and a half. I see that on DraftKings at plus 300 for the number of quarterbacks taken in the first round. And those quarterbacks would be Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Mac Jones. Can you see any more? I can. I can. That's the tough part. Who would be that other quarterback? And where would he go? But could you take a chance on possibly taking another quarterback? Man, do I... Uh, that's a tough one. Take the over at five and a half. Maybe Kyle Trask? Maybe somebody seeing that, okay, yeah, we had a run on quarterbacks. Let me grab somebody. I think that's as low as you go. I don't think you can go Jamie Newman or Kellen Mond out of Texas A&M. I think we're done. I'm taking you over at five and a half with Trask. All right, that'll do it for Just for Sport. Hope you enjoy the NFL Draft on Thursday. I have another podcast that on Thursday as well talking about some other picks and trends and maybe there'll be some trades that change this whole thing up and of course we'll talk NBA as it gets closer to playoffs lastly I also talk about the Nats and Orioles both of my teams in last place not looking good not looking good as long as I'm healthy I'm good enjoy your week ciao for now